Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you Fear and the Equality Act. And with that, this is Luke here in Wisconsin, and I'm here with Nick in North Carolina. How's it going, Nick? Uh, It's going pretty well, pretty well. It's nice to have one of these bonus episodes coming out soon for all of our listeners to check out. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we got two bonus episodes. We got this one, and then for our Patreon supporters, we got one coming out today as well. Um, That one is Almost Heaven. West Virginia, or if you want to, if you just want to think in your head, John Denver singing Almost Heaven, West Virginia. That's really where I got that title idea. But anyway, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I he's listen like, to, oh, you know what? That's the song that you made me listen to when we were roommates. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe I feel that like you made me listen a lot to of John Denver a lot. That, probably that and Keith Green. So well, Keith Green's fine. No, I'm into Keith Green, but like I don't remember anything about John Denver whatsoever. <laughs> fine. Uh, well, uh, anyway, oh, I have to, I have something to admit to all our podcast listeners. Really, it's really funny. I'm really curious if other people do this, but whenever I'm about to like be on a phone call with someone, or in this case, record a podcast, I don't know why. But I like to brush my teeth beforehand, and it doesn't make any sense because <laughs> no one can smell my breath, but I still do it. I don't know why. Maybe there's something, you know, whatever. Anyway. Maybe um, you're just used to, like, previous COVID, you know, before the pandemic interactions in which, like, you actually had to be face-to-face with somebody, and you had normal bad breath and not, like, COVID mask bad breath which is a whole different category of bad if you've ever smelled like your old masks i mean (laughs) but it's still remote whatever uh yeah i mean touche yeah 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 well i mean if we ever incorporate video maybe like we'll start smelling you know through the video chat that uh that still doesn't make any sense but whatever i (laughs) something that also it works if you don't think about it it yeah that's fair (laughs) something that also works uh if you don't think about it is we're actually recommending three resources this week and the first two uh well i should say two out of the three are actually not resources that we're recommending because they're thoughtful but because they give context and then one of them is the thoughtful resource the and campaign we're recommending a a video with justin gibbony he's uh, in charge of the and campaign and if you didn't gather from our introduction we are talking about the equality act and not only that but fear and the equality act um so i just there's been a couple times when i'm talking with people and they're like have you read the equality act Do you know what's going on and i mean now by this point it's it's i think it passed the house and then um i don't think it really even got introduced on the senate or if it did it didn't go anywhere um yeah, I think it passed in like march if i'm not mistaken yeah like within so, the house but it has not been like i think it's been introduced to the senate but it hasn't been discussed in any meaningful way yet right and 
I mean, even when it was first being talked about, I have an article with Ed Stetzer in Christianity Today back in February, on February 25th. And if you don't know who Ed Stetzer is, he's the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. He serves as a dean at Wheaton College. And I remember this quote that stood out to me, so I've got it here. Just I got a couple different quotes because I'm like, ah, oh, I got to you know remember these thoughtful people commenting on this. And he says, we should, without any ambiguity or hesitancy, affirm that all people, including those in the LGBTQ plus community, should be treated with respect and dignity. Their civil rights matter, but the Equality Act will swing the pendulum too far, creating a new discrimination toward those of religious conviction that go against the cultural flow we now see. And I think that's the sentiment that I've found among really all the thoughtful people that I trust, um, people that are kind of following politics or cultural movements in Christianity and outside of Christianity. Um, similar, I actually didn't realize this until we were recommending the AND campaign. Uh, Michael Weir and Michael and Melissa Weir, they have a, uh, a newsletter that I subscribe to just on my email. It's called Reclaiming Hope. Um, he also had something that he mentioned that I thought was really helpful and really insightful. Um, and he basically said the trajectory of LGBTQ rights has been clear and predictable since 2012. Um, and I think, and he goes on to say, this is not to say that no one could have predicted how things would progress before 2012, only that after 2012, you had to be working pretty hard not to see the basic trajectory. And he goes on to talk a little bit more in depth and more insight. But I, then I realized I was like, Oh, Michael Weir is uh, involved Justin Gibney in the AND campaign. So what do you know about that? There's just like multiple <laughs> different... connection there. Right. Uh, but yeah, bottom line, the reason why we title it Fear in the Equality Act is when I'm speaking with people in the Christian community or outside of Christian community, I often run into a lot of fear thinking about um, just topics of the like LGBTQ rights or... Um, transgressing rights of religious communities. And the reason why we included two videos besides the AND campaign is for that, again, that context. So one of them is a video from like the 1950s, like a public service announcement where it's, it says, boys beware, and it's like 10 minutes long. And it is very sad to see how basically gay men are just villainized as just like predators um and it's like whoa like like just stepping back and just acknowledging okay that that was wrong (laughs) like very clearly very without um without any hesitation that is not the way we should be talking about our neighbors um and yet if you fast forward this is the crazy thing like with the i see this fear on on and this otherization on on oftentimes on these two extreme sides of this conversation um you get to taylor swift's uh music video where um i think it's just calm down or i'm sorry i should know this video title right now um let me just make sure i, I got it right here don't yeah, you worry listen to taylor swift all the time you should know this i do like taylor swift and i am not going to feel bad about that but i was disappointed in her music video um because in the video it's you need to calm down so there you go uh it's it's basically celebrating 
a lot of uh, LGBTQ plus community, um, which is like great. I you know whatever if she wants to do that, that's great. But it's really emblematic of this otherization of people who disagree. And don't get me wrong, you know I think it's also very wrong when you know if you see Westboro Baptist Church that's saying like, oh, soldiers died because of America's sin and this specific sin, like because of same sex practice, like that is, you know, pretty sad when it's like, God wants you to go to hell, that kind of stuff. I have no problem with someone saying, Hey, that's wrong, you know, but it's interesting because Taylor Swift in her music video, she characterizes just by depicting people who would have what I would call a historical uh, Christian sex ethic as like idiots um or just like illiterate or like just like weird things like not having hygiene or not having clothes that are just like in intact like just like people that have these signs that are spelling moron wrong and spelling homosexuality wrong and i'm just like wow like what are you trying to contribute to the conversation taylor because I don't really think you really helped him very much. And that's like, I'm not like, I'm going to cancel Taylor Swift. Like, I don't, hmm. whatever. I still listen to Taylor Swift. I think it's really fun. Um, Nick doesn't, but that's just because he doesn't like her music. So whatever. Yeah, that's a whole different, it doesn't have anything to do with this music video. It's just, I'm not <laughs> into that. Or John that Denver. Genre specifically, yeah. <laughs> or John Denver, as we've discovered. I actually you... have an intense <laughs> hatred for John Denver. That's not true. No, that... <laughs> So, no, I was just, like, going to frame the conversation that way. That was really the thing that I've been thinking about. And then I know as we were talking just before the episode, uh, Nick, you were talking a little bit about just gaining a a larger picture, thinking about um, religious minorities, not just Christianity in the U.S., but thinking about other religions as well. Yeah, because, I mean, oftentimes, like, what I've seen, even just within, like, you know, a lot of the Christian communities that I've kind of like circulated about through is whenever discussions of religious liberty come into play, um, there's always that emphasis on specifically like Christian religious freedom and not taking into account other religious minorities who also have those same religious freedom rights that we have. And oftentimes, like even... Um, as a different resource that we weren't recommending, but it was kind of helpful to frame this. It was like a history of talking about um, religious freedom, but it was discussing like the religious um, freedom restoration act from 1990 and how that was predicated on kind of this trampling over of indigenous people's beliefs within the workplace. And how that was actually a precursor to that act coming into effect and how like this particular people group was being discriminated against because of their faith. And so in a same, like in a similar vein, it's important to take that into consideration when we're talking about the equality act and that it doesn't deal with necessarily the nitty gritty of the nuances of trying to protect a variety of people groups within a very pluralistic society, right? And it kind of just provides this kind of cursory blanketing over protections that in many ways also kind of nullifies that previous act, which would also pay detriment to other people's religious freedom and rights um, under our laws. 
Yeah, I... Okay, actually, just to back up, make sure I'm understanding, we're saying oftentimes this conversation is pitted as it's either um, LGBTQ plus rights or religious minorities, right? Or just religious liberties. Um, And just to make sure I was listening, (laughs) kind of (laughs) understanding, saying it's not just about Christians, hey, uh, we want our rights and our protections, although that is definitely part of the conversation that Christians are worried about. But it's like, how can we also be aware of, of others as well? Am I understanding that? Did I rephrase that right? Or did I just botch what you just said? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, we have to bear in mind that, <laughs> that when talking about religious liberty, it affects our neighbors as well. Like, our neighbors who we might disagree with on, like, a religious basis, right, for example. And so when we're not, when we're only focusing on religious liberty as Christian-centric, then it's actually not liberty, it's power that we're looking for. Um, And we're also much more self-seeking than actually thinking about, like, how this might affect other people, like, within our communities. And obviously, like, there's different arguments, um... That could be against that too, right? For example, like the benefit of the historic, like faith-based social services that were established by a variety of different organizations. And a lot of them were Christian, like a lot of hospitals, you know, were created by Christian institutions in the United States. And so it's important to like bear that in mind too. Um, But also take into consideration that there's also like Muslim aid. There's also... Um, specific organizations for Muslim women that could be affected by these kind of blanket policies that the Equality Act's kind of gearing itself towards. Yeah, I would definitely say the Equality Act itself is very, it it does not enter into the weeds of like, oh, how are we going to protect people's religious liberties? It it just doesn't really address the question, Um, except for just kind of a very foreboding language about um, like employers not being able to discriminate based off of like sexual orientation or gender. Um, I would say I do understand as much as I, you know, I think it's really valuable thinking about, Hey, we need to, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. it's like, how do we move out of fear and also of this, this consideration of everyone in this conversation of about other religious, other religious minorities as well. Um, but also looking at, okay, we live in a pluralistic society. We have people, we have a, a large portions of people that are Christians that will hold to a different sex ethic than a, a, another large portion of people in our society of LGBTQ plus folks. And how do we live together is basically this question that, and how do we live together? Not just fearing like eventually one side is going to kind of like overpower the other. And I, you know, as, as always, uh, really, really appreciated, uh, just David French, some of his commentary on a, a recent and okay. David French for a background, if you don't know who he is, he's, um, he's a journalist for the dispatch, um, 
I'm sure we'll recommend a dispatch podcast episode in the future. I'll just have to pick one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He used to be a lawyer. And so he's got a lot of insight into like the legal happenings of this, I don't know, just the Supreme court and other things going on in the, in the country. And one thing that he boils it down to is like a lot of this gray area of like, okay, how do we live well together? LGBTQ plus Christians. We have different convictions when it comes to something of like a ministry. Like to me, it seems very clear, like, all right, if you're going to work at a church, the church should be able to define its own values. Cause that's like why it exists. It has shared values. It has a shared faith. Like it'd be kind of silly to tell a church like, no, you, you have to hire a gay, gay person and be like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Um, doesn't really seem to jive with religious freedom, but it would also be kind of weird in my mind if it was like, and I see the reverse where for some folks they're like, all right, if you're trying to work at McDonald's, you know, and if you can flip burgers, you shouldn't be fired if you're a gay person. It's like, why that has nothing to do with flipping burgers. Like, or I mean, whatever the gray area. And this is where David French is very helpful for me is it's this difference between service. So like, you know, the McDonald's or, you know, if you're selling insurance or if you're doing customer service or like, for example, I feel like a lot of times these issues make it sound like, ah, we're out to get one another. You know, if you're listening to like cable news, which just for the record, I just don't, I don't really know that I recommend cable news like ever. <laughs> um, like of well, any we kind on this show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, well, we didn't recommend that crossfire episode. <laughs> that was from 2004. So that shows that you how. That was more for humor though. <laughs> and for insight into like where we came from and where like how we've gotten to this point. Right. Right. It's more yeah. like a con it's like more honestly, it's more like a meta commentary on like that structure of media anyways. Yes. Thanks, John Stewart. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so <laughs> really, um just how unremarkable a lot of our everyday life is in a pluralistic society. I'll just give you an example. I work in customer service. And during training, we had like a three week training, which is great. And oftentimes some folks in my, in my uh, cohort, there were about, I don't know, about 20 of us. I would bring my Bible and over lunch breaks, I would just read my Bible. Cause I was like, this is a great time. I'm, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just going to read my scriptures. Cause it's literally just a book. And you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Like what? I read my Bible. Nothing happened, and you know what else happened in our cohort? Uh, there were there was a young man that would often discuss his boyfriend, and you know what happened? Nothing, because <laughs> his sexuality isn't gonna affect anyone's ability to be a good customer service agent at my at the at my employer. So. The gray area, which I can understand and which David French elaborates on um, in an article called Punitive Intolerance is No Way to Preserve Pluralism. It's a lot of P's. That's a, that's a lot of alliteration there. Um, mm, he basically, he's talking about how there was um, a floral designer for weddings. She would often um, do weddings with flowers. 
And I'm going to butcher her name, but her name is Baron Barnell or Barnell. And the Supreme Court didn't take her case, which let the lower court standing, which ruled against her, stand. And if you're not familiar with this, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. Basically, what happened was a customer wanted her to um, basically make a flower arrangement for his wedding, for his gay wedding. And she said, um, I can't. Here's some other florists that I would recommend. And in this case, the court decided, well, that's more of a service. You know, that's more of flipping burgers. It's more customer service. That's not really an artistic expression. And in this case, David French is like, actually, I'll, I'll just quote him. He says, I believe that Baronel drew the correct distinction, that when she's specifically asked to create a custom floral arrangement, she's creating a unique work of art for a specific event, and the First Amendment should protect her from being compelled to participate. So that's a very specific case. I can understand where people would be like, hey, like my religious convictions aren't being respected. Um, I can understand where that would make people afraid. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, actually, you know, for most days and most jobs, this really isn't going to be a, a flashpoint. Like, again, you know, I can, I can do construction. I can do, I can sell insurance. I can advise people on retirement plans. I can assist, um, in so many different areas in the public square. And this is like, it's never, it's not going to be a thing. I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Now I can understand, again, I understand where people are like, well, that lady, like she's being like sued. And that's, that's a very real thing. That, that is pretty sad that like, she's being uh really hard hit with um just financially being sued but if there's anything i know actually i don't know I just, this might be a little too sarcastic <laughs> uh <laughs> okay i'll well i'll try and say it tactfully no actually okay here this is what i'll say in our day and age with the ready access of information if someone is being sued such as her you know, there's a there's a large cohort of people in our society that are like, hey, we think that was wrong. We want to help fund you. We want to help you get back on your feet because like literally she's being like personally sued and we could say, hey, that was wrong. Um, but fortunately, and this is what um, David French gets at a little bit in this article is like. Well, he doesn't say fortunately, but he just says it's it's a gray area. You know, there's there's been cases such as the um, the cake shop in Colorado where the Supreme court did rule in his favor. Um, so I don't know, that's a very gray area. So apparently to put it simply, if you're wondering, okay, Luke, what are you, what are you trying to get at? I'm saying (laughs) cakes are deemed a personal expression or artistic expression, but flowers are not in this case. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it is very weird how it operates on a case by case basis. As far as like, the emphasis on artistic expression versus service is concerned, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand where people are like, oh, this, you know, this is a little bit sticky, but uh, I would say something that's fortunate that doesn't leave us, you know, totally kind of like, oh, this is kind of a big mess. We'll never get solved. Um, I do think it would be valuable to not just say, oh, I don't like the Equality Act, but also to look at different pieces of legislation. And, and Justin Gibney actually talks about the Fairness for All Act. Um, and that would be one 
I actually haven't done a lot of in-depth reading on it, so I don't want to pretend like I know a lot of what's going on, but mm-hmm. I do like a lot of what Justin Gibney has to say. So I'm excited about, about reading up on that in the future. Yeah, and it allows for us to break away, like specifically as Christians, from that reflexively oppositional stance and just not have any sort of like alternative that, again, protects LGBTQ people in the workplace, but also religious liberty. And so it's nice that even if, for example, say like the Fairness for All Act is flawed, which I mean, there are definitely things that there's a lot of criticism for. It allows at least for a dialogue to occur that's not just, again, like that fear of the other that we talked about before. It provides room for both. Um, And I'm pretty sure the origins of it was related to the Utah Compromise back in, I want to say 2015, which was like some sort of state law in Utah that a whole bunch of various leaders within like the LDS church and other Christian groups and then the LGBT community came together to create a means by which to promote protections in a workplace and then also religious freedom at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at it, it just makes sense. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to be condescending with that, but that's... I think that's that's really what I think. I'm like, yeah, it just makes sense. Um, so anyway, before we go, <laughs> uh, I do want to, you know, bring in our co-listener. We've got Emily from North Carolina. So thank you, Emily, for being our co-listener. And Emily says, Justin Gibney's video emphasizes how faith communities should be aware of the implications the Equality Act will have on their organizations. It is a big piece of legislation that doesn't address any protection for faith communities. He does a great job prefacing that as Christians, we can love our LGBTQ neighbors while also holding on to biblical teaching. We should protect our LGBTQ neighbors, but the Equality Act is incomplete and in that it does not also protect faith communities. The video reminders, or sorry, reminds us that we need to be informed citizens and courageously hold to our convictions. Well, thank you for that, Emily. I don't think I could have reviewed that or summarized that better, so... Thank you so much. Any any last thoughts, Nick, before we go? No, I think that's good. Yeah. Thanks again, Emily, for providing some last-minute input. I know I, I requested that kind of on the fly, and I was like, hey, you want to watch this quick video and give me some words on it? Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for doing that. It's usually how most of our co-listeners go, so we're always really appreciative of people being able to, you know, write of pretty solid reflection on stuff that is you know hard topics oh absolutely and it also i mean honestly it's just good to get other people's perspective so thank you for that and again if you guys want to join us we will have a patreon episode today also coming out called almost heaven west virginia we'll see you guys later